Hey there, it's Carrie. A number of you have noticed that these jury duty episodes have been getting shorter, and I want to take a minute to explain why. First, I want to assure you that our coverage remains just as in-depth as it was when we started two years ago with the Durst trial. But we have limited resources. So, in order to maintain a five-episode-per-week schedule and to sustain the quality of the work, we've decided to make the episode shorter. That said, in the very near future, we plan to launch an ad-free Patreon streaming option, which will also include a lot of exclusive content. If you'd like to know more about that, subscribe to this feed or subscribe to our newsletter at crimestory.com. Thanks again for listening and for your tremendous support. Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. In our last episode, I was joined by Abby Smith, a professor of law and the director of the Criminal Defense and Prisoner Advocacy Clinic at Georgetown University. Together, we explored a number of issues that were raised by the courtroom events that we covered last week, including the conclusion of the defense opening statement and the testimony of the first prosecution witness, Dominic Black. On today's episode, we begin our examination of the testimony of Corey Washington, a social media influencer who live-streamed video from the chaotic streets of Kenosha on the night of August 25th and was within earshot of the shootings of Rosenbaum, Huber, and Grosskreutz. That's all coming up right after the break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. After Dominic Black leaves the stand, Prosecutor Thomas Binger calls his next witness, Corey Washington. Washington has a Facebook page under the name Corey Elijah. Three months before the shooting of Jacob Blake, Washington became a minor celebrity in Kenosha when he started a Facebook live stream during civil unrest in Kenosha in response to the police-involved death of George Floyd in Minnesota. Washington's live stream that night amassed over 7,000 viewers, and he went on to top the most influential Kenoshans of 2020 poll conducted by a local Kenosha podcast called K-Town Connects. In their profile of Washington, K-Town Connects said, quote, As rumors were being debunked, Corey was there live on Facebook to let everyone know what was really happening. His calming personality rubbed off on the viewers as he alleviated tensions for all Kenosha. Corey brought Kenosha its own live reality show. Throughout the summer, Corey kept up his style of gonzo journalism, riding the streets on his skateboard and covering the multiple protests and other events. After the Blake shooting in August, Corey was in the midst of it once again, this time with a national audience. 
Corey took to the streets, putting himself in danger so we can rest easy in our homes and see what was happening in our city from the comforts of our smartphones. Due to his popularity throughout this, Corey Elijah took in the vast majority of our votes in our poll. End quote. As Washington takes the stand, he wears a fitted black suit, a white button-down shirt, and a black skinny tie. He is a black man in his early 30s with expressive eyebrows and exudes an air of easygoing confidence as he sits for questioning. When prompted by Binger, Washington describes himself as a self-employed social media influencer and digital creator who frequently posts live stream videos of shows, interviews, and events to his 4,500 Facebook followers. Prosecutor Binger continues. Now, do you live here in Kenosha? Yeah. How long have you lived here? Uh, my entire life, I was born and raised here. After establishing for the jury that Washington is a local, born and bred, Binger arrives at why he called Washington to testify. Were you involved in doing some live streaming uh, on the night of August 25th, 2020? Yes. Why were you out there doing that on that particular night? There was a lot happening in the city. What was your purpose in trying to document that? Um, just create transparency. What do you mean by that? Uh, when things are going on, there's a bunch of opinions. You never know, you know, what really might happen. So people like myself tend to go out and document situations just so there's a record of things. You know, a lot of the time, especially, you know, the media, there's sound bites and things that can be utilized. Um, and I, in my opinion, people like myself make things better for everyone because it helps show at least another side of the full picture. Prompted again by Prosecutor Binger, Washington next offers his description of the atmosphere and events on the streets of downtown Kenosha on the night of August 25th, 2020. Now, tell us what was going on in Kenosha around the time period of August 25th, 2020, in your own words. Uh, there was a lot of protesting. There was a lot of um, property damage that ended up happening throughout the week. Um, some say riots, civil unrest, some would say uprising. And would it be fair to say that that began after the shooting of Jacob Blake on Sunday night, yeah, August 23rd? It definitely had to start, began after the shooting of Jacob Blake. When did you personally begin your process of live streaming or documenting what was going on? The night the shooting of Jacob Blake took place. Sunday night? Yes, Sunday night. The defense team raises an objection, asserting that the witness's testimony regarding events on the evening of Jacob Blake's shooting is not relevant to the charges against Rittenhouse. Judge Bruce Schrader invites Prosecutor Binger to respond. What's your response? Well, I think, first of all, it, it lays sort of the context of the whole situation. But second of all, there's been a lot of allusion to the fact that the defendant was motivated come down here in response to this. So I think it's important that we get evidence about what it was that was going on. Judge Schrader overrules the defense's objection. So let's go to the night of Tuesday night, August 25th, 2020, the night when the events of this case occurred. Were you out live streaming that night as well? Yes, I was. And how would you compare Tuesday night to the previous couple of nights? I would say it was calmer, uh, much calmer. The crowd was more contained. Um, there was a march that happened. There was a march that happened that kind of ended towards the end of the night, maybe around 6.30 or 7 or so. Um, that ended at Civic Center Park. The conversation that was had at the end of the march was, hey, everybody remain peaceful. 
go home after this if you you know if like if you're seriously about you know wanting change and wanting justice to to go home um after that was said people dispersed a lot of people did go home but there was people that didn't go home of course um when those people that didn't go home, they kind of stayed there at Civic Center Park there um, until at a certain point they were kind of driven out of, out of the park. Prosecutor Thomas Binger plays a clip on the courtroom TV monitors. Binger confirms with Washington that the video is from the live stream that the witness shot on August 25th and that it is his voice that we hear. Binger continues. Right, Mr. Washington, I've got a map up of the downtown area of Kenosha. Um, can you please point out where the ultimate gas station is? Okay. And that is at the intersection of the southeast corner of 60th and Sheridan. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> uh, so, Mr. Washington, just so we understand, you had described in your video that at one point, and I think at, at, at this point as we look, uh, is that video now pointed west? Yes. And on the map there, it indicates that the Methodist Church is across the street to the west of Ultimate Gas. Is that right? Yep, right there. Okay. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. As the next clip plays, you will hear audio of metal wheels on concrete. On the courtroom screens, the jurors see a group of individuals wheeling a dumpster that is on fire on Sheridan Road in front of the gas station. Oh, yeah, that, that dumpster is about to be lit up. The video stops at this moment. Binger explains. I'm going to 
pause for a second here because we're going to be um, viewing someone that I want to talk a little bit about. Um, I assume since the night of August 25th, 2020, you're aware of who Joseph Rosenbaum is. Would that be fair to say? Yes. Okay. And uh, let me just put you back in the state of mind of that particular night. As of August 25th, 2020, did you know who he was? No. To your knowledge, have you had you ever encountered him before in your life? No. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this video or not, um, but for the for the benefit of the jury, uh, do you know? Uh, are you able to recognize Mr. Rosenbaum in this video? He's not shown on the screen at this very moment because we paused a little bit. I didn't tell. I didn't call time off. Oh. It was a little late. But let me just ask generally, are you able to recognize him if you see him on the screen? Yeah, I would know what he looks like, yes. And that's based on what you've learned since all this happened? Yes. Okay. Um, and just, I don't think there'll be any dispute about this. I'll represent for the ladies and gentlemen of the jury that Mr. Rosenbaum is wearing a red shirt. Uh, he's got some, I think they're jean shorts, aren't they? Um, and he, I don't think he's got anything... I don't think he's got anything on his head at this point, does he? Okay. So he's kind of a, a shorter gentleman with nothing on his head, a red shirt. And you've got some video of him that we're going to see momentarily, so I wanted to let the jury know that so we, as, we, as we're watching, you know what to look for. So go ahead. Thank you. As the video plays, the camera pans across a crowd at the gas station, and we observe several people carrying firearms. We hear Washington commenting on the armed individuals. Probably not the smartest. Don't throw shit over here, bro. They about to. Bro. I'm not trying to fucking shot. Nah, people. Ready to fire on people, bro. We are people in position. Mr. Washington, um, what you're seeing on the screen there, uh, with with all the people and all the action on that screen, at any point during this particular incident that we're watching, mm. did anyone fire a gun? No. Did you see anyone get physically injured in any way? No. That concludes this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us on our next episode as we continue our look at the testimony of Corey Washington with the continuation of Prosecutor Thomas Binger's direct examination of Washington. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. This episode was written by Vanessa Herron. It was co-produced by Chris Taracone and Aaron Karenik. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. The episode was edited by Chris Taracone. 
Music for the episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.